This is Michigan Embedded Correspondent John Solberg, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? We have a great show of a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate fifty four wieners. But listen, Liberty, it's a shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about live fire barbecue and grilling stuff right here. We do it every Tuesday. We do it live Tuesday nights from 9 to 11. Simultaneously, it's being recorded and sent to different video platforms such as Facebook Live and YouTube Live and something like this. Ah, yes. Uh, just looking at the chat guy, the cooking Sam, and I don't know. Uh, by the way, I did get some emails saying, "Hey, uh, the second t- or the first Tuesday of the month, second segment regular guest is not in again this month. Is something going on between you and Sam, the cooking guy?" And the answer is no. Uh, I don't know if you follow Sam, the cooking guy, on social media or not. And following. Social media for him and following his YouTube channel are not one and the same because if you follow his YouTube channel, uh, you would think that he is currently in California making up cooking videos, which I think his most recent one was meatloaf a couple different ways, which looked insane. Also, congratulations to Sam uh, for either getting gifted or buying a brand new Traeger Ironwood 885, which is very cool looking. And he made meatloaf on the Traeger, and he almost did it right for the first time. As somebody who had never put meatloaf on the grill before, or on the Traeger before, smoking meatloaf. If you've never tried a smoked meatloaf, gang, you are missing out on a pinnacle moment in your life. Meatloaf on its own is, to me, really good. Not necessarily life-changing, but a good meatloaf is really good, but it's always better the next day, right? The next day, it cools down, you cut it into pats, and you take two pieces of just white bread, and you put that 
cold meatloaf on one side, and you put a whole bunch of ketchup on the other side, you put the other piece of white bread on the top, and then you have a cold meatloaf sandwich, and oh my God, is it absolutely fantastic. Have you never had that? Talk about simplicity at its finest and deliciousness at its finest. I mean, come on. Cold meatloaf sandwich drenched in ketchup. I mean, granted, it sounds like I'm five years old with ketchup, but I mean, it is just the best. Love it, love it, love it. As much as I love hot meatloaf right out the oven or off the cooker, the next day or two, depending on how much is left, I'm more geeked for the leftovers and that sandwich. Absolutely. However, getting back to it, if you've never done smoked meatloaf, uh, you're missing out. Don't ever put raw meatloaf on your cooking grate. It will lead to disaster. There's going to be some settling. Meat's going to start to come through. And now it might not drip all the way through, but when you go to put that spatula underneath, you're going to carve out uh, a little bit. And you're going to be a little disenchanted, just like Sam did. And um, does ketchup go on hot meatloaf? Uh, for me, every day of the week, it does. You bet. Ketchup on hot meatloaf, ketchup on cold meatloaf. It's great. I like it. I like it myself. So here's what I suggest. Uh, some people in the chat room are saying put down a foil. You can do that if you want to. I say uh, parchment paper. Then meatloaf on top of the parchment paper. Then cut around the meatloaf. Make that parchment paper as shapely as the loaf itself. Then go to the grill grate and the parchment paper will release it very easily. You can also slide it off if you want to. But you get a great smoke penetration all the way around it. And again, a smoked meatloaf is just unbelievably good. And it changes it in a multitude of ways from a flavor standpoint the ground meat accepts smoke really well if you do it right you get a really good smoke ring on that meatloaf as well oh it's just absolutely delicious and uh, back when i was visiting the virtual weber bullet message forum back like in 2004 or 2005 some guy by the name of griff was the person that invented griff loaf and that's what the that's how my love affair of smoked meatloaf came into play. And I will admit, uh, I probably do more in the oven just because, uh, you know, for for sake of ease or if I'm going to be out, whatever the case may be. But I do love a great smoked meatloaf. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Sam, while you think he's out back making meatloaf, is not. I believe he's in the country of Jordan, which is, uh, you know, way east, uh, west of here, east of here. You know Jordan, right? And if I'm not mistaken, he, the, the uh, monarchy that runs Jordan might be a huge fan of the Sam the Cooking Guy show. I'm making my own speculations, and I'll have to confirm that, or at least next month when Sam's on, maybe he can say my speculatory skills are on point or, or they are not. But uh, I do believe that there is some kind of a, a fandom between the royalty of Jordan and one Sam the Cooking Guy who appears here the first Tuesday of the month in the second guest segment. So we'll see how that goes. Don't forget, you can follow me socially on Instagram at BBQ Central Show. 
uh, Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook coming up this week on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Episode 92, we are quickly getting to 100 in about eight weeks from now. This one takes you back to October 2011, if you can believe it. And one of the newest members of the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame and third Tuesday of the month regular guest, Robin Lindars, is on in the first portion of this show. And we're talking about team names. I don't know if you recall that or not, but uh, we talked about team names back then, eight years ago. And then the second portion of the show, Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famer and one of the most recognizable names. In barbecue, period, Myron Mixon made an appearance on the show, and we talked quite a bit about book writing. And back in 2011, that was, I think, more the flow of when you thought you could write books and make a lot of really good money at it, and that could be your ticket of making money every year. You know, I I write books. I'm an author. I make a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. But it's not necessarily the case anymore. You write books to keep your name out or to diversify the brand portfolio. But I think it's way more rare to get millions of dollars in advance because of how people are consuming things anymore. Same thing with music. Like, How do you even become a musical artist anymore? It seems so convoluted. There's... Nobody's buying music anymore. Nobody's buying albums or tapes or CDs or anything like that. It's all streaming. I stream all the time. That's probably killed the album because you can go through the album and go, well, I only like these songs off of this, so I'm just going to play these three off of this album and this one off of this. And, you know, it's not an experience anymore. That's what Tool was holding out for all these years because they felt that they're collection of music had to be consumed from start to finish from one side of the album to the next. Not, you know, I say one side tongue in cheek because there's no albums. Although I guess there are pieces of vinyl out there still. Some people rate that a nine out of nine, by the way, having pieces of vinyl, listening to it that way. I don't subscribe to that at all. I subscribe to my music streaming service and I can listen to whatever the hell I want, whenever the hell I want, make my own playlist. So if you don't subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show in uh, the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, subscribe to the podcast. Go to bbqcentralshow.com slash subscribe. And there are all of the ways to get that. All of the ways. In tw- Guy the Cooking Sam. Best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less in 20 minutes. That's right. You have two. Each segment, 10 minutes or less. The best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Each one has two segments. 20 minutes or less. Derek Rich is coming up. We talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention, anyone... Who loves sausage and barbecue? I guess that's all of us. Established in 1882, Southside Market is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground, and a natural pork casing. Also, they make the authentic Central Texas barbecue meats. 
The prime briskets are slow-smoked for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. And they ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later, include a custom gift note, and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. All meats are processed in that on-site USDA-inspected facility. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are welcome as well to restaurants to eat in if you want. Elgin, Texas since 1882 and Bastrop, Texas since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states as well. If you are visiting southsidemarket.com, take this code down. BBQ Central, one word, lowercase, BBQ Central. Get 10% off your entire online order as you visit southsidemarket.com. Doesn't matter how much you're throwing in that cart, I will give you 10% off each and every time you use the code BBQ Central. Works the first time, works the 51st time, works the 101st time every time you visit the website. Put in the sausages, put in the briskets, put in the barbecue products, put in an order for private labeled stuff. Get 10% off the order when you use code BBQ Central. All one word, lowercase, at southsidemarket.com. Thanks to Southside for their continued support of this show as we look forward to 2020 with them as well. And we will look forward to a conversation with Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com when we come back. Stick around. Show, giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show is being brought to you by Smithfield. And we are gearing up for the Smithfield National Barbecue Championship. That's happening next month in New Orleans, Louisiana. To check out the leaderboard, go to smokinwithsmithfield.com. That's S-M-O-K-I-N, S-M-O-K-I-N, with smithfield.com. And as long as you are registered over uh, smokinwithsmithfield.com, you have the option. I believe the... Uh, initial set of invitations did go out to those top, uh, I think it was 24 or 25 teams, so be on the lookout if you are in qualification territory, and as I said, that national championship will be taking place in just over a month, maybe a little more than that, so we'll see how it goes, smokewithsmithfield.com. All right, my first guest in the second hour needs no real introduction, especially when it comes to the history of this show. When you need reviews on products in the barbecue and grilling world, this guy is one of the most trusted names in the industry. Uh, these days, you can get that info on his website, DerekRidges.com. And while he has a journalist, author, icon that can describe his career covering the live fire industry, he can add one more to that list, which is Hall of Famer. So we go to the 
Hotline and a welcome class member of 2019, Derek Riches. Derek, how are you, buddy? Doing good, Greg. How you doing? Absolutely fantastic, Derek. And uh, before we get into the Weber pellet smoker discussion and all that stuff, let's spend a few minutes here talking about the Hall of Fame induction. First, did you have any idea that there was a show guest Hall of Fame? Um, no. Really? No, no. I, Damn. I'm I two for two. That. I'm two for two. The 17-year-old girl uh, earlier in the hour had no idea that there was one either. Well, you know, if my name's on on it, am I, I going to pay attention? No, but, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I, I hear you. It's the same thing for me. If I'm not getting in it this year, do I have any care of following it? No, of course I don't. So, uh, well, and, I didn't want to get my feelings hurt. You know? I, so, trust me, I understand that. So in the week that has passed, have you seen any major positive changes knowing that the Hall of Fame is now in the back pocket? Uh, you're roughly, well, you're almost exactly a week in now. So how has life changed for you? Um, uh, it's a good question. Uh, let's see here. So many things to list out. Yeah, it's, yes. the, the phone has not stopped ringing. It's just, uh, I'm finally someplace, you yes. know, and somebody actually knows who I am. Good. All right. Uh, well, uh, by the way, it's Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. So I don't know if, you know, you went back and listened to the show from last week, but, you know, you were actually a nominee that I, so we came up with, um, uh, just to give you a very, very, very quick background, last year was the initial class. And we just threw like a whole bunch of people in. And then we said, this, for every year going forward, we'll do five. So uh, my embedded correspondence uh, guy in Portland that I use myself, we would all generate a list of five names. They would all send them to me, quickly go down and see which names got uh, in common. And if they got enough votes, then summarily, we were hopefully going to generate a number of five. Uh, we would generate five people that out of all those names. And then that would make up the guest hall of fame that year. Uh, easy enough. Now, if we didn't come up with five right off the rip as we were um, kind of going through the process during the actual show segment, which is what happened last week, uh, so we got to four, we would then pick one name out of that whole regroup again and make the argument. And you were the name that I pulled out and made an impassioned speech about. And I actually swung my Michigan correspondent off of his name and he said, you know what? You're right. Derek Riches is the guy that should be going in here amongst all the other names that we've been arguing. And uh, so I argued to, to get you in. Now, uh, truth be told, if we all would have still been at odds, I just would have put you in anyway because it's my <laughs> goddamn show. And we know how I roll around here. But uh, exactly. it was, uh, you know, I think it just uh, goes to show that once your case is laid out, people realize that you are a force of nature when it comes to this whole barbecue and grilling industry. Well, you know, it's just, it's an honor to be nominated, you know, to get in barely under the wire. That's, it's, that's, you know, the icing on the cake. Uh, I don't see it as uh, under the, I mean, you're either, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like uh, being pregnant. I mean, you either are or you aren't. You're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. You don't just get in. Absolutely. Right. I'm and having that, new t-shirts made. Right. Great. So, uh, all right. So very, uh, you know, semi quickly here, Derek, before we get into the, the business talk here. Um, we get new listeners all the time. I don't want to ever be so self-absorbed that I think everybody goes back through and listens to the extensive archives here that we've generated over the life of the show. Uh, but I would say at least for maybe, what, the first five and six years of this show, you were a regular guest, a valued guest. And the reason it has achieved the success and longevity 
over the past 12 years. So certainly thankful for that. But can you take us back and tell us, you know, how you got into covering the barbecue and grilling uh, scene? I mean, it's not it's a pretty hot scene now, but it, it probably wasn't always as succulent and sexy as it is now, you know, back when you had started covering it. So, like, what was your spark to get in? You know, I, I I lived in Central Texas for a little while back in the early 90s, and then, you know, I kind of got a love for barbecue, and an opportunity came up to start to write about barbecue uh, in 97, and I said, I jumped at that and said, hey, you know, it didn't really pay at the time, but why not? So it would be a lot of fun, and I spent a lot of time explaining what a barbecue rub was, what a smoker was, that brisket isn't a pot roast. But, you know, people become a lot more sophisticated now. So, you know, hopefully I played a small role in that. Did you think that it was a gradual growth to knowledge of where we're at today? Or would you say that there was some kind of slow roll? And then did you see like a tremendous spike from, you know, one year to the next and then ongoing at that point? Was there like a major shift at some point or no? Well, you know, there was that gradual buildup. A lot of the online forums and stuff, they uh, they helped get the word of barbecue to a much larger audience. I mean, you know, we have barbecue joints in Australia now. So, you know, that global spread, you know, is the work of a lot of people online really spreading the word. But, you know, the last five years, we've seen so much of it mainstream, people – you know, it's it's not like, you know, what is barbecue and, you know, having to sit there and constantly say, yeah, OK, you're cooking hamburgers outside. That's not really barbecue, not in the sense of what we want to want it to mean. Um, you know, and now everybody knows what pellet grills are and, you know, what Kamado grills are. And that's been a you know, it, it's a much more interesting time because it's a much more sophisticated audience. I mean, there's probably thousands and thousands of articles and pieces that you've written since 97. I mean, that was the year I graduated from college. So, uh, I mean, it's it's been a little while. Is there like one or two or three particular pieces that stick out in your mind as like, hey, that's something I really uncovered and that made a difference or that's something that seemed to really resonate with it? There's one specific that I'm going to mention here after I hear from you, but I was just wondering what the, you know, the tops for you were. Well, you know, for a long time I wrote, for a lot of other people and so there was a lot of reins on what i could say and now that i'm kind of free of all that uh i feel like i'm actually now able to kind of come out and really you know, be a little bit more brutal or i think as you put it bristly about the you know the way the business works and the way things are marketed so you know i've been talking i, I wrote a piece a couple months ago about you know, the kind of the lack of innovation by Big Green Egg and how Kamado Joe is really, you know, such a become such an innovative force there that, you know, is this actually going to force Big Green Egg to kind of change their ways and say, you know, it's not just we're not just the most recognized name now. We need to actually be out there and innovate. We need to make some changes and make some improvements. So, you know, pieces like that. The piece that will always stick with me uh, is... And I, I wish I would have bothered to go back through and, and track the year, but uh, there there was a definitive point you probably might remember where if you did uh, the propane gas exchange, it's a fifteen pound uh, can, 
and you would take it to the local five and dime. They would trade you back out the 15 and away you go. Very convenient. But there was a point in time where all of a sudden, oh, okay, well, we'll still do the exchange, but what we're not going to tell you is, was there a law, Derek, that had been passed or something like that where they weren't legally allowed to exchange it back out for a full 15 and they were giving you 12? Or what was the, the impetus there? It, it was their claim was that they were refilling at centralized locations and because of differences in temperatures that the tanks might expand and that that would might cause an explosion in the in their trucks and that might be a you know venting problems it really was pure economics they yep. wanted to keep the price under control i mean the all the propane exchange services I still believe now are still all run by Feral Gas. It's one company. They do a couple of different brand names in different places, but you know, they it was just a way to kind of you know, it's like when you open your cereal box and realize it's half full. That's kind of what they were they were going yep. for. It's like, you know, the same size container, but let's put less in it. We'll be able to increase our profit margin. They they weren't making the money they'd estimated they were going to. And, you know, so that was like the big reveal of, of that evening was the exchange is 12 pounds in a 15-pound can. So instead of going to the – I mean, if the, if you have to go to the exchange and that's the only option you have, I mean, you're kind of screwed, but just know you're getting three pounds less. But if you can go someplace that can actually hook a hose up, they'll weigh it out. They will give you the 15 pounds that that can will hold. You'll get longer cook time or you'll get more use out of it. And uh, ultimately, your your personal economics are going to be better. Uh, but that was like a huge reveal of of the show. And I remember telling everybody from then on, go somewhere where they're going to fill it up because you're only getting 12 pounds, even though it's a 15-pound can. And I just had this guy on my show, and we were talking all about it. Uh, and maybe it's common knowledge now, or I think it's even labeled 12 pounds on exchange instead of 15 or whatever it is. But like that's the that that will be the the pinnacle. Derek Rich's moments uh, out of all the moments that seem to be like a real, like journalistic, holy shit, nobody's wise to this and they're not telling anybody and nobody's yeah. picking up on it and, and you brought it to light. So uh, that was one of my favorite moments. So uh, let's uh, transition out and talk about pellet cookers. And we'll get into the Weber cooker here in just a minute that has started to make some rounds or images being flashed around here on the internet and so forth. But, you know, let's back out for one minute. You did reference it here just a couple minutes ago. You know, I remember when we were talking fairly regularly and from time to time, there would be a new pellet cooker coming to market, but it wasn't nearly the number of pellet cookers available and the range from elite to kind of entry level stuff that you have now. Have you or how have you seen this pellet cooker market unfold over the past five years is it uh is it something that surprises you with the amount of manufacturers or the amount of options or is this kind of on par for how you saw the rise in popularity well you know i figured when the trigger patent expired and that's what really got everything going sure. trigger had a patent on it for 20 years and they had total lockdown on the market and you know you just had to go to them and as soon as the patent expired I think 15 companies jumped out to run to start producing pellet grills. A lot of them were very small, and a lot of them were kind of already in the pellet business. They made pellet furnaces or pellet stoves, and it was a natural extension of their business. 
what we've seen now in the last couple of years, one, you know, Traeger, the new Traeger, the, the very corporate Traeger, whose corporate headquarters is like seven minutes from my yeah, house. Yeah, Salt Lake. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've done an amazing job of marketing. I mean, they per- they personally own like a thousand Instagram accounts. Uh, they're out there everywhere. <laughs> and people know what pellet grills are. And that means that everybody has to have them. And now we're starting to see the situation of, you know, the mainstream grill companies uh, coming into it. Uh, Twin Eagles now has a $7,500 pellet grill. It's absolutely gorgeous. Wow. And Broking came out with, okay, Broking mistakenly rushed their pellet grill to market, what, about four months ago. Um, but they seem to get all the bugs worked out by now. I mean, the software simply wasn't there when they came out. And now, of course, you know, the biggest name in the game is about to drop there. So now we're moving to this kind of sophistication point. I, I expect Napoleon and Charborough will have to get in there sometime soon. All right. So here, if you haven't seen it, by the way, uh, this is a, a picture I was able to nab somewhere on the interwebs of the Weber Pelligrill. Is this, uh, would you uh, concur that this is an image that you have seen from a, a Weber yeah. standpoint? Yeah, that's the 22 inch version. Um, so that's the thousand dollar model. Uh, images are not supposed to really be out yet. Um, everyone I've spoken to who's seen it, it's like surrender your phones. You know, they're going through people's pockets. They don't want any information out there until they're ready to, you know, to make the formal release. But you know, they're just, it's the internet. Yeah. You can't keep things secret. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're looking at. So there's going to be a bigger version of this one too, then? Yeah, there's a, a it's the 24 and a 36. Hmm. I believe yeah, 20, uh, 24 and 36. All right, inch units. So when I look at well, let me ask you this question instead. Look at this unit. Yeah. What's the first thing that comes here, man? Well, the first thing that jumps out at you is it's Weber. It's shiny, it's got it's all the look and feel of Weber, but it's a little stumpy. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I. <sighs> so here's the thing. It's simple. Here's, here's what I'm seeing. Uh, and maybe yeah. because I have something in my backyard or, or maybe because uh, this company I'm about to mention is already in a lawsuit with Danson's about, you mm-hmm. know, kind of muddying the waters here. When I look at this cooker, the first thing I think of is. That has a very similar shape to a Timberline grill and, to some degree, a Ironwood grill, both made by Traeger. Uh, more, yeah, the, there's, there's, more the Timberline. Yeah, more the Timberline. So do you think that if, if Traeger is going after Danson's for kind of muddying the waters with the founders and uh, you know similar <laughs> colors and you know there's some other things that are going on as well, uh, do you think that... Weber's going to be in trouble of Traeger coming after them and saying, "Hey, you've made a cooker that looks like our uh, our Timberline," or are we getting a little ahead of ourselves? No, I don't. One Weber's way too careful, and Weber has an army of lawyers. That you know, it's a multi-billion-dollar company, yep. and Traeger is what four hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Weber could buy Traeger. Yeah, they could buy him tomorrow. Um, you know, 
I'm not, you know, I'm not a big fan of everything that, that necessarily the Trigger does, but I do think the lawsuit against Danson is justified. Danson came out and said, look, we hired Joe Trigger, and now we're building the Trigger Grill. And, of course, Trigger's going to sue you. Yeah. Uh, I would. But, can, I mean, can, anyway. can they not use their last name at all? No, because they sold when they sold the company, the Trigger name went with that. So, mm. yeah, it's their personal name, yeah. but... You know, George Foreman sold his name to the Salton Company to be used on the Foreman Grill. Mm. So he has to get permission to use his name in public. Oh. And what? so does Joe Trigger. Really? Technically, yeah. Oh. If it's anything associated with pellet grills, outdoor cooking, grills of any kind, yep. then Traeger, the Traeger Corporation has the right to come down and say, no, you can't do that. Hmm. Okay. We bought that name when yep. we bought the company. Got it. All right. So, so do you have any update on the how that thing is going i know danson had answered back and said you know we're vehemently denying and blah 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 and we're not doing anything is this just going to kind of linger out in court forever and we're all going to forget about it or is it going to be decided pretty quick uh i would expect danson to settle something fairly soon yeah um they've kind of really pulled out of everything that you know for a while they weren't even answering their phone so it was like trying to get a comment from them and it's like there's nothing you can't get a hold of anybody there, but I I don't think they have any choice but to sell. And any lawyer is going to say, yeah, just drop the whole marketing campaign. And I, I think that's what really what Trigger wants. Mm -hmm. Take the picture, the images out. Take the name out. You can't market it this way. Mm -hmm. You know, Danson's can skirt around it by saying, hey. The inventor of the pellet grill helped us design this grill, and if you know who the inventor of the pellet grill is, then you know that name, but we're not going to say it. Yes, right. Like how so, you, you can't say Super Bowl, but you can say the big game, but everybody knows what you're talking right. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you put out press stuff on saying Super Bowl, they're going to sue you. Right. Um, let me uh, ask you quickly about that, Weber. Do you know anything about it other than the sizes? I mean, is it going to be similar is there anything that's going to make you go wow other than the fact that it's black and has a Weber placard on it? It has some design differences that you don't find in other places. The The Weber pellet grill is using a vertical pellet feed. So the pellets are actually held in the back down below, and then they kind of go up a bit of an angle to drop into the fire pot, which is kind of a self-cleaning fire pot system so ash will simply drop out into the bottom and right next to it is where your grease is going to collect hmm. um it uses something the descriptions you know i haven't seen the inside you know and that's that's kind of the the tricky bit here the descriptions are it's basically using something similar to the flavorizer bars that you find in the gas grills but i'm not sure how that really works hmm. And it's been conflicting. People have said, oh, there's flavorizers over on one side, but not on another side. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I don't think there's anything, you know, revolutionary. Yeah. I think it'll be a decent grill. I think it'll be pretty efficient. Uh, if you want to spend the extra $130 for Weber Connect, then you can talk to Alexa about what's going on in your pellet grill. Hmm. Great. So, you know, you get that yeah. if that's a thing i don't know what that's going to do but you can tell alexa to order you more weber pellets of course um do you have any idea when am i drop uh we'll have it before the end of march okay so 
little uh, while. Yet. It's very vague right now. We're they're basically saying any time from January to March. The typical rollout on these is not that quick. It's not like they, you know, they suddenly have a hundred thousand units ready to sell all at once. Mm-hmm. So it'll start showing up in some locations depending upon the retailer and what that retailer wants to give floor space to. But Weber is in virtually every major retailer, so if they want to, they'll be everywhere. Right. All right. Uh, He is one of the newest members of the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame, class of 2019. You can find him at DerekRiches.com and absolutely killed this segment as usual. Derek Riches is right here, and uh, Derek, I appreciate you making time for the show, talking about the Hall of Fame, and uh, more importantly, talking about the industry stuff, and uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah, talk to you next month. All right, there, there he is. Book it. <laughs> Hall of Famer Derek Riches talking about monthly segments. Uh, instant feedback. Derek Riches back on monthly segment, yes or no. I will let you vote the Hall of Famer in or out, and you go. I will talk to you about the Green Mountain Grills, as it were, by the way. So uh, let's talk about portability, right? John Solberg's yes. That's good enough for me. Uh, Portability. We are now getting ready to start week five of the NFL season. Uh, That might be like week six of college football. You know you're into tailgating. You know you want a pellet cooker. So why not? Get a Davy Crockett Green Mountain Grill. It's going to go in all the trucks, vans, and SUVs. It gives you wood-fired pellet goodness and flavor. You can actually get a really decent amount of food. And while all the other muni lots across the country are banning charcoal fires, don't worry about it. You can bring this in, stick it into the 12-volt outlet in your car or 12-volt adapter in your car, and you are now powered and ready to go. Cook on it, shut it down, let it cool off, toss it in the back. And away you go home. Meanwhile, you're having great food all the while. Now, if you don't need something that portable, you can get a Jim Bowie. You can get a Daniel Boone if you want. Both of those also accommodate that pizza oven insert. It's just a great, fun line. Green Mountain Grills. The classic line. You also have that prime line. I was just on the phone with top men at Green Mountain Grills earlier today. They have some new updates coming potentially at the turn of 2020. That you might be want to be on the lookout for. In the meantime, if you're in the market, prime line, more robust chassis, more features and benefits, the look-in windows on the cooking chamber and on the uh, pellet hopper, really cool. Two, count them, two internal meat probes instead of the one in the classic line. But you can't go wrong with either Wi-Fi technology on them both. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we will be back with Dave Bosca of Butcher Barbecue with a major announcement. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. 
in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. That's the Fireboard. I use mine all the time. I use it over the weekend where I was taking internal temperature of really fat steaks. Fat! Because I was reverse searing. On uh, my Traeger Timberline, by the way. What? Oh, man. Hold on. That's in my favorites. That's in my favorite. Oh, dear. Let's go here. See how that works. We'll see. Uh, anyway, I was using Fireboard uh, over, the, and, you know, it just nails temperatures. You got so many uh, different, uh, up to six different inputs. I mean, it's so nice. So if you're thinking about it, definitely, definitely give the Fireboard consideration because I use it and it's great. Hey, in uh, mid, uh, let me see. Okay. Uh, joining me now is a longtime sponsor of this show and a hugely successful competition cook. He basically needs no introduction. You've seen him on television, too, winning. Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. Hey, Dave. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I'm fabulous and appreciate you making time for the show this evening. Um, so let's talk about the 2019 competition season for Butcher Barbecue. How is it going for you? Oh, we didn't do a lot of cooking this year. We, no? we kind of laid low. We purchased a, a big warehouse back in the first of the year and we were pretty well concentrating on getting that rolling and, and set in place all right so are you heading to lynchburg then here in a, i believe it would be in a couple of weeks to defend the 2018 world title or uh, is that one not on the radar yes yes we'll be going then and are, are you going to repeat just yes or no well heck yeah we're going to do everything we <laughs> hell can. yes uh, we are come on Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, uh, do you, you know, it's an interesting conversation to have, I guess, Dave. I mean, for, you know, however many years you've been really pressing the rubber to the road, as it were, and then with other interests earlier in the year, you weren't cooking as much as you had just said. So is it one of those things where you've just had so much time in competition barbecue and you know the program so well, you don't have to be out cooking you know, 25 or 35 or 40 times before you get into an event like this, you just have it down and, and you're ready to rock. Well, what I always tell people is competition barbecue is not technology based. It's not a computer. It's not like you can let you, if you don't stay in it, you're going to stay up. But every two or three years, if you know how to cook, you know how to cook. Mm -hmm. um, the process is there. It doesn't go out of date. Like I was saying with a computer, so if you know how to run your fire and cook and trim your meat, well, it's going to, if you do the same process every time, it's still going to be the same. It doesn't matter if you do it twice this month or, or twice a year. How are you seeing competition barbecue right now? Um, do you still see it as popular as ever? Or are you seeing a, a bit of a decline at this point? 
right, let, let's let's cut to the chase here real quick. You're really wanting to talk about this stuff? I thought this was a call to as a preliminary for the 2020 Barbecue Central Hall of Fame. Now, the, come on. The Guest Hall of Fame, you mean? Yeah, come on. What do you mean? You're already in it, aren't you? You're already in the in the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. Oh, well, then in that case. Okay. Now I got to go. Uh, hold on a second. Preliminary. Call no, 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 no. Hold on. Uh, let, me, uh, let me call on my uh, pal John Solberg from Michigan. Uh, scroll through the initial class, John, of 2018, and I, I, think, I think Dave Bosk is in there, by the way. So, uh, please confirm that and let me know here ASAP. Um, uh, so, I mean, do you think, uh, do you think competition barbecues is, is, is as hot as ever or no? Um, well, we hit a peak, I say we competition barbecue yeah. hit a peak when all the TV shows were on air and just nonstop. Absolutely. It's going to hit a peak just like NASCAR. NASCAR is not dead either. Um, mm. golf's not dead either. Um, but when tiger plays golf, hits a peak, um, when TV shows are on, it hit a peak. I think there's just, and I don't know the numbers, but I would hazard the bet that they're close to what they were five years ago. And it's, it's, it's fell off in the last couple of years as far as contestants and maybe even contest. Um, but is it going away? No, I think things are morphing and changing. Um, but I don't think it's going away. All right, I have breaking news. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Uh, this is Greg Rempe reporting from the Breaking News Desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. And it is confirmed, Dave Bosca, Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame inaugural class of 2018. <laughs> you didn't get the t-shirt and the big fat check, Dave? I'm pretty sure it, it, it's held up in mail. It has to be. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, congratulations. Exactly. Uh, do you have an acceptance <laughs> speech that you've been waiting to give for a year? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you've 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 provided some of the, the best segments on the show, uh, whether we've been talking uh, specifically about, like, the butchery of things or... Uh, of course, the the thing that always comes to my mind was the the rant on certified Angus beef, which I think is a classic uh, all time. So, I mean, over the years, you've been uh, an absolute beauty as far as uh, as guest is concerned. So, uh, you are into the uh, class of uh, twenty eighteen, the inaugural class. So, uh, make sure you tell everybody I'll, that I'll going that, forward. I'll make sure that's on my resume. That's right. So, aside from being a world class pit master, you're also uh, very successful on the business side when it comes to live fire, the rubs, the sauces, the injections, marinades, grilling oils, uh, just to name a few things. And the reason, uh, really, that we're speaking tonight is because of the release of a new product or products into the market. But it's not necessarily what we're used to from the Butcher's Barbecue brand. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and hip us to what's happening? Well, uh, okay. The product is called Wild Seasoning, and it's spelled with a Y, W-Y-L-D, Seasoning. It has its own website. It can be found on our Butcher Barbecue site. Mm. It has its own Facebook page. Um, it, it we're, we're on the, oh gosh, all the mass media stuff it needs to be on, you know, like you're supposed to be anymore. Instagram, Twitter, uh, so forth. Big, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. This this particular product has been in my mind for a couple of years, um, maybe even three, but I know two years. 
I've always I've wanted to do this. Um, I've wanted to do something in sausage world. Mm-hmm. Didn't know exactly where I wanted to go with it. Um, I am not a big hunter. I don't hunt. Um, I have hunted. I have shot a deer. I have hunted pheasant shot. I have all the all the small game you can imagine uh, growing up in the country uh, as a kid. But running the meat business when we were had the operation of the meat plant going, we were doing five and six hundred deer a year. We did absolutely thousands and thousands of pounds of summer sausage bratwurst snack sticks we did all kinds of sausage and we took all that um and 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 i i kept listening and every what everybody was wanting and what they asked for and once we started the barbecue stuff i was like man i'd like to do that but i just didn't think i had a following for it Hmm. well we've got enough stores out there now that carry our product and and i've got enough friends in the hunting world as to what's going on and has stores that has helped us get into hunting and gun and archery stores because that's kind of my second passion is I shoot archery tournaments. Yep. Um, I don't hunt, but back in the first of the year after we bought the warehouse, I decided it was time to make this go live. I buckled down. We got the labeling. I've got the branding. We got started on all that. And the labeling took a lot longer than I expected getting it approved with the USDA because there is a couple of the items that was mentioned, and one of them had we had blue cheese in it. So that took a little bit, several back and forths from the label company to get USDA approval because we stated blue cheese. Yeah. And the wording on that, on the label, we had to put real and artificial flavoring and then we sent it back and then they sent it back to us. It had to be a certain percentage height on the front of the label compared to the wording blue cheese. I mean, there was a lot of little <laughs> particulars and I learned a lot. Yeah. You know, that's why I looked at it as man, this is very informative. Great. But now I approved this deck. I'm saying, let's get it going. Yeah, right. Long story short, it took a long time to get it out this summer. I wanted it out 30 days earlier than we did. Um, it didn't happen. We've got it out now. It's wildseasoning.com. It's found on Facebook. And the, what we're hanging our hat on is our flavors. We, we just like in our other stuff, it's our depth of flavors of the product. Um, the summer sausage kits, I'm going to say mixes, the summer sausage mixes, it comes with a cure pack inside the, uh, jar. And each one of them makes only 10 pounds of meat to where there's a lot of sausage mixes out there. You have to do 20 to 25 pounds at a time. Mm-hmm. So we, we took ours a lot lower down to where it's more user-friendly. And some of the flavors we have on them is what I think is going to set us aside from the others. One of them is like the New Mexico Hatch Chili Summer Sausage. Oh a jalapeno and bacon-flavored summer sausage, a sweet maple bacon summer sausage, the apple and blue cheese summer sausage. That's what it is. I didn't want your traditional jalapeno cheese or right. just plain summer sausage. We can get that anywhere. What stands ours, ours aside and will make it different? And so I went with that same look, aspect, thought process on our bratwurst. I went with four different flavors of bratwurst. Um, we have a sweet applewood smoked bratwurst, 
habanero and mango flavored bratwurst, a beer bratwurst, wow. and then herb and tomato bratwurst. There again, we don't have just your traditional bratwurst. The most traditional one would be the beer brat. That's going to be the closest to an original found anywhere type bratwurst. So if I'm going to wildseasoning.com uh, and then I, I get one of these mixes, I'm going to be generating my... I'm going to be generating the sausage part on my side, and then I'm going to be using your seasonings to kind of finish the whole deal. Yes. What you can do is it can be used with uh, ground pork and ground beef. Absolutely. Not, it doesn't have to be just deer meat or possum or whatever you want to use. Um, let's take like the bratwurst mixes. Mm -hmm. If you're not, if you don't have all the equipment or you don't have a hand stuffing machine to put it in the casings to make the real pretty links and stuff, you can take bratwurst and just make a patty out of it. Oh. Uh, let it season overnight. We highly recommend on any sausage products, let it set overnight before cooking and or freezing. Mm. So if you make up 10 pounds of bratwurst, let it sit in your fridge overnight, then freeze it. Just like anything else, it's dried spices. they got to rehydrate and melt into the meat to fully flavor. Mm. Um, that's the best way. That's why we've even done it on meat shops. Um, we would make our breakfast sausage. It's set overnight. We'd put it in the freezer. That's the best way to get your best flavored sausage. If you want to make this bratwurst, you don't have the casings. You don't have a stuffing machine. We sell the casings. Let's get let's throw that out there. But you can make a patty. The, these things will make the best flavored hamburger patties huh. you'll ever have, and make a juicy, great burger out of it. So you can you can make yourself a habanero and mango flavored hamburger patty. Hmm. These would be recipes. So, I mean, will you furnish recipes as well on the website or like for the meat side of things uh, for the bratwurst or for the summer sausage, or this is something that you should have before you get the, the mixes. The method of baking or a recipe. Um, yeah, I guess maybe both The process. Yeah. Okay. Well, the recipe is real simple. You take 10 pounds of your meat. Yeah. You add this product to it, stir, mix it up. It's done. Okay. Okay, we do have a full set of instructions for summer sausage and bratwurst making on the website. And down at the bottom of the, the page, it, it, we have a printable link for you to print it out and take it into your kitchen. And then you don't get your laptop, iPad, mm -hmm. anything all messy. So we do have something that you can print out, yes. But making bratwurst is fairly simple after you have the ground product, yes. All right, and um, you are getting into uh, not only online but uh, into the the brick and mortar stores as well. Yes, we've got several of the stores have already brought it online. Um, we are working with a lot of of podcasters that are in the hunting world. Mm -hmm. We are working with a a couple. but the one big one that we're working with is a hunting show that's on. Locally, it's it. I can say the name. We've already inked yeah. a contract. We, we did a full contract. It's called Buck Ventures. A lot of people know Jeff Danker. He's on the Outdoors Channel. He's he is 1.5 million viewers a week on the TV show. He yes. is the Outdoors Channel's largest viewer from the month of October last year. I mean, he has got a huge show. Yeah. He lives five miles from me. Really? Um, yes. 
So we did his deer for many years, and he always told me, hey, if you ever come up with something, holler at me. He's got 150 pro staff shooters, hunters scattered around the United States that hunts for him with him that brand his product. Um, He's in every academy in the United States, Bash Pro, Cabela's. He's all over. We need to deal. We're going to be doing advertisements slash cooking segments on his show. Nice. That's what we do. Yeah. Next week, we start filming uh, the cooking segments next week. Well, I mean, it's uh, it, you're always looking to, to branch out. You know, I mean, you had originally, I remember when, you know, Butcher's Barbecue was really just injections, and then the rub started coming out, and then it was uh, bird boosters, and then it was grilling oils, and uh, and now you're going into a whole different, I mean, kind of in the same vein, but in a, in a completely different uh, vein altogether at the same time with the wild seasonings again the website wildseasonings.com uh, is there anything else new in the hopper or uh, are we we good for now well all this particular we've all, we got what i'm calling topicals we got spices that go along with it um we got the timberline rub wild addiction hints like grilling addiction mountain stream seasoning which is like a seafood top product that uh, Cab, frontier cabin chili. Heck, who doesn't like deer chili? Yep. Um, Desert dust, which is a low sugar product. It's got that brown, sagey look, like you see a lot of the black rubs do. Mm-hmm. It's just a very low sugar rub. Um, we sell the uh, the casings and stuff that go along with the sausages. We've got all that going. I've already got in my head what I want to roll out next year in this line, which would be another five items. Wow. Um, whole new area to go with it. Um, barbecue. I've got something I'm, I'm working on now. It's a liquid product. Mm-hmm. I've had some test product at my place for about a month and I've yet to have a chance to stop and cook with it, but I've got something I'm wanting to roll there. There's just so much that I want to do and roll with now that we've got the warehouse. It's in our own hands. We can control it. Um, but then we got to stop and, I, as marketing, I always look at it at what market share is there, what does what void does it fill, and how many voids will it fill? Right. Um, that's the number one thing. Is is you can have a great product, but you know, if no one really needs it, what's it going <laughs> to do for you? Right. Yeah. Great pocket. Uh, great product that you're going to buy a lot of yourself, and nobody else is going to buy it. That's right, man. I've got a few of them sitting there <laughs> every once in a while, right? Um, yeah, Dave Bosca joining us here on the show and the new product is wild seasoning and it's wildseasoning.com own website and a whole bunch of great stuff. So if you're into sausage making and uh, the whole game scene, that's what you're going to want to take a look at. And then, uh, when will you be, uh, like, will you be on television doing these cooking segments? Uh, and like, when will that be happening? Yes, we start filming. It's either going to be Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. We're going to do eight advertisements, different advertisements throughout the day, one one day. Um, If I'm not mistaken, it starts November 1st with this show. Yeah. All right, cool. So we'll look for that. And uh, as you get the update, send them through me, and then we'll disseminate, of course, through the uh, weekly show here on the Barbecue Central Show. Uh, In the meantime, it's Dave Bosk of Butcher Barbecue and Wild Seasoning. And as he had just learned, a 2018 class of the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. Uh, David, always appreciate the time, my friend, and the sponsorship of the show. We'll do it again soon. Greg, thanks a lot, bud. You got it. There he is, Dave Bosca of Butcher Barbecue right there on the show. And uh, man, oh man, 
uh, absolutely prolific and smelling what's uh, what the need is and, of course, having great contacts. I mean, having that hunter five miles from you certainly isn't going to hurt anything by any stretch. And having that kind of a pull within the industry, I mean, a million and a half viewers every week to a show, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, it's no Barbecue Central show numbers, but few are. Few are. I received a podcast link, or not a podcast link, but an article on podcasting. And it broke down like the four biggest, like uh, Jeff Ferris and Joe Rogan and uh, Johnny Lee Dumas. There was somebody else. And these guys are making, you know, many, 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 many monies. And then it broke down, like, of all of the other podcasts on the face of the earth, you know, the average download is like 300 out out of 30 days. 300. Uh, good news, bad news. I'm way above that. Way above that. That was... All of a sudden, I was thinking, if they just would have extended this article out to six... You'd see your boy right there. Yeah. Uh, Way more than 300 outside of 30 days. I mean, give me a break. All right, that was Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue, ButcherBBQ.com, his website. And we are back to wrap the show up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, this is John Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue in Boise, Idaho, and I've got it locked on the 50,000 gigawatt blowtorch of the internet that is Barbecue Central. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. The Smoke Sheet is a free weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world, including top news, events, recipes, and more. Started by Ryan Cooper and Sean Ludwig, both of them traveling around the country to find the best barbecue news and then report on it. You can sign up for the newsletter and see the full events on their barbecue calendar at bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. That's the Smoke Sheet. I got to mention in it for tomorrow. I uh, by the way, thank you, John, uh, both on confirming that Dave Bosca is a barbecue central show guest hall of famer. Uh, and the wild seasoning spelling is W Y L D seasoning.com. That's W Y L D wild seasoning.com. Let's go ahead and make tracks out all the way back in the first hour. We spoke with first Tuesday of the month regular guest Malcolm Reed. Talked about barbecue trailer shopping. Talked about competition chicken thighs. Talked about his induction into the 2019 class Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. Then we talked with Angel Todd. No team name, but she's going to be competing at the World Food Championship World, scratch that. She's going to be competing at the State Cook-Off Association World Championships in Fort Worth, Texas this coming weekend. So we wish her great success. Second hour, Derek Riches made a reappearance. Also part of the 2019 class of the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. 
We also talked about the Weber pellet cooker and pellet cookers rise to prominence in general. He also offered up a monthly segment invitation for himself, I believe, if I wasn't mistaken. And then we close it out with Dave Bosk, Butcher Barbecue, ButcherBBQ.com, and WildSeasoning.com. That's W-Y-L-D, WildSeasoning.com. The new products are out. If you like sausage, bratwurst, summer sausage, he's got the hookup. WildSeasoning.com. I will be out of pocket next Tuesday, the second Tuesday of the month. Steve Ray, host of the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show, will be in in my absence, so there will be a live show. Meathead is in. Also, Jealous Devil Charcoal is in. We may or may not line up a additional guest, but we'll keep you informed during the course of the week. I'll be back on the 15th to pull it up from there. So tune in and see how John handles the show. He does a bang-up job. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9... Until... Well, until next Tuesday for Steve and two weeks of Tuesdays for me. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.